let's be real about ownership. And cutting it too, right? (laughs) 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 All right, man. Scout, Memphis Tigers. All right. So March Madness may be over with the college basketball season may be over with. But the University of Memphis and Penny Hardaway are still getting good news. Um, they did give re- they did receive word from both DeAndre Williams and Landers. Not only that, they both were returning uh, for next year's um, upcoming season. So I think that's really good news for the Memphis Tigers. I think that's really good news for you know what the what the Tigers could look like. Yeah, I think I know our biggest goal right now is to make the NCAA tournament and potentially get a win or maybe five or six, you know. Um, so really good guy, good news from those two players. So uh, in the order that's already on the screen, what? how do, how do y'all feel about this good news? Um, is there anything else that you guys are looking forward to um, before, I guess, before the summer and before the fall season gets here? Can't hear you too. Excited to see you know, two of the more consistent players of the year come back, um, especially, you know, the older. Um, DeAndre Williams, I'm a huge fan of his energy. Um, Nolly, um, he he can he can be inconsistent at times, but he, he's there. He's that leader that we need um for the, especially the young players that we're about to recruit. So I'm excited for him to uh for him to be here. One thing I'm still looking forward to is getting one more good playmaker. Just one good another good playmaker, and I'm I'm set. So uh shout out to him. Yeah, I, I'm really getting Williams back is huge. Um, just think of how big of a catalyst he was uh, towards the end of the season for us and how much he really controlled the game offensively um, for us when we needed it. Um, when you needed like possession, uh, go to bucket, and there wasn't like a play that was really up and ready to go. I mean, count on Williams to kind of draw one up in his head, it felt like, um, and get us there. Um, I think the one thing I'm looking forward to is seeing how. Um, we got that guard that's coming from was it Hampton, right? Um, that's coming to join us. But just looking for like a point guard that can really like control the game, right? I, I, we haven't had one of those. I, I would, I don't want to really say D Rose, right? I don't really think he's like. And in time when he was in college, I think he was a a good manager of the clock, so to speak, in that time. Um, I think as he's gotten older, he does understand that more. But, like, just a game-managing point guard. I don't think Alo was really that. His, his inconsistencies were there for me. So I want to see more less from the uh, point guard position. And I really think Musa comes back. I don't know who's on the sign. Someone who can only make um, 22 free throws a year. Um, so hopefully he gets back and, and gets in the gym. But um, shout-out to Williams, like I said, for coming back. Um, Landers, of course. But I really want to see what we get as a point guard um, situation for us this upcoming season. Uh, honestly, gentlemen, I don't think we're getting a point guard because I think that this is a low senior year. Uh, this is Penny's boy. Uh, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't really going nowhere, man. Uh, he's a senior, and, and, and if anything, this will probably help in the recruitment of a point guard in the future. But next year, it's, it's gonna be a low, y'all. I, y'all I might as well go ahead. Y'all might as well go ahead. Y'all might as well go ahead and get ready for that. Uh, this, I mean, again, this, this, I'm a low end, Savage. You know me. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we on the same wavelength. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I think that this. I think it's gonna be a thing, and this is kind of annoying, and why Boogie left in the first place. But Penny kind of owes it to A. Loaf to see this all the way through from him being in middle school to up to his senior year in college. So I think this is what's gonna be. But I think the most important thing for Penny right now, uh, in terms of like offensively, 
is to figure out what is he going to do to get the ball in the hands of his best players. And that's going to be uh, DeAndre Williams, uh, Landers, and I think, as she mentioned, Davion Warren. I, I, I genuinely believe that uh, DeAndre Williams is going to be like the – I'm not saying he's like this player, but thinking about how he operated in the flow of an offense, but kind of like Pau Gasol where you're a, a post playmaker. And we saw that last year even in the NIT and towards the end of the season where DeAndre was getting a lot of assists. And I think that's how – Penn's going to operate the offense, at least for next year. At some point, I think he realizes I need a point guard that can run my show. But but what you got right now, I think you're going to roll with DeAndre Williams. So um, have faith in Penny, y'all. Uh, I think it's going to look good next year. I'm actually happy that a lot of the scorers or those who want to score have, like, left, and you've got your primary players in Landers, DeAndre, and probably uh, Davion Warren. So now you got your three people. Put specials around them and, and let them operate. So uh, shout out to Penny. Yeah, shout out to Penny indeed. Uh, as I mentioned before with you guys in the group meet when the news was announced, we got the dogs are back. All the dogs are back for the most part. So let's roll the ball out and see what's, what's, what's going to happen. Uh, for me, my biggest take is going to be, and I think I mentioned this as well, is how is Penny going to allocate minutes to all this talent that he has coming in and also returning? Of course, you want to be in favor to see this through with Alo, DeAndre. Landers Nolly, you guess you would want to see it through with those three guys. Of course, Davion is definitely going to make some minutes, but just seeing from a rotational standpoint how Penny is going to play this, um, is he going to stick with his usual and playing 10 guys, or is he going to look to possibly maybe shrinking that rotation to maybe nine or eight? That's my only concern right there is how you're going to get all this talent, the minutes they need to get, so that way they can get some kind of chemistry, some kind of continuity on them. But uh, my faith is in Penny, so hey, I'm I'm ready. Let's see what happens. Yeah, Scott, are you were saying something. Go ahead. I make my point out to you. Go ahead. Okay. First things first, my Trevor, you like uh out of sound off uh, uh cut gems. <laughs> I can see the uh, I can see the screen and the shades. Yeah, that, that's that's a good. That's a good. That's a good. But, that's a good. And shout out, we got basketball two best players back. Uh, I don't mind Alo if he will be the starter. I know Davion Warren is a combo guard, so I can see him possibly starting. Uh, if we can answer for the losses, if they end up coming, Jonathan Lawson could play point guard as well if that happens. Uh, but I'm fine with Alo starting. He still got the talent, still got chemistry uh, coming back, camaraderie. So I think, I mean, they're pretty safe for next year, in my opinion. Uh, just make sure, like I said, can't get got up. You got some type of chemistry. That chemistry got to start the season off ready because our conference isn't good enough for us to have another slow start and have to get to a point where we have to beat Houston in order to make the tournament. We need to get to the conference play where um, Houston win to get us a higher seed, not get us in the tournament. So that's why all that matters. Uh, I am ready for the Memphis-Tennessee game because Tennessee has been hard on recruiting trail. So Nashville, December, we got to be there. Yeah, I think what I've liked, especially with the with the lander with Landers coming back, is Landers potentially could be the best player in the league. Um, and typically, for the most part, when you have the best player in your in your league, um, in your conference, then more times than not, then you can actually at least make it to the NCAA tournament. So I'm excited about that. So it was good to see Landers come back. I think DeAndre Williams was a good piece to have back. There's rumors out there potentially that the you know the five foul rule in college basketball may be pushed to six. And if it's pushed to six, thank God, mm. DeAndre, DeAndre Williams needs that. Um, yes. Um, so I'm excited yes. for that. 
I think another another thing too that hasn't been formally said yet, but I think is there is the fact that Lester is coming back. So I think for the most part, it seems as if Lester is coming back. He's not going anywhere. Um, so that, like I said, we we have the core there. Um, potentially see what you may do as far as the big man. Me, I ain't feeling the, um, Malcolm Dandridge that much, and I'm sure I'm not sure if I want DeAndre Williams get a bulk of those like heavy minutes at the at the four and or potentially five. So potentially go um, find another big man if um, Musa doesn't come back. But then it's like we also said on this podcast, we got to see what this cost of staff looks like. If we, if you know, Penny Hardaway, and I think Savage said this a couple uh, weeks ago too, I think the AD needs to get in there and say, hey, Penny, you know, I appreciate everything that you're doing for this for this program, for this team. Ticket sales are up, but I'm going to help you help, go find a, 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 an assistant coach. We, we got to do that. I think that's very important to this team. Um, I think as they look for that assistant coach or they fill those roles, in my opinion, if I'm Penny, I'll look heavily at what Baylor did last year. I think you have the guards potentially to run your offense very similar to what they did. That's how college basketball has that, – that's how those teams that made it to the to the championship game, that's how they roll it. Two, three really good guards uh, with the mix of, you know, some players that, are, you know, scrap and get loose balls, get rebounds and stuff like that. So that's what I would do if, if, if I'm the Memphis Tigers. So I, I can't wait to see – you know what the team looks like um, going in the fall. Uh, don't forget about the we got a freshman four star center six foot eleven Sam Aomad. I, I, I oh yes, yes, yes. Pronounce his name correctly, but still have him coming in. I forgot yeah. about that. Don't That's forget about the freshman. We still got Josh Minot, so it's like it's easy to forget. Like uh, we do got freshman coming in. Yeah, uh, I want to say it's, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting how Penny like gives these folks minutes. Um, right. Especially. Especially if the loss is gone, it's like. And then what's good from what I've seen with who he has recruited, these kids are not coming in going pro immediately. At least not from the initial them coming in. Like folks thought DJ was going, uh, um, Boogie, Lester. Like people thought they were going to leave after one year. You know, after the James Wiseman year. And like Minot and and the other guys, nah, they're gonna be here for a minute. They're gonna be here for, well, unless they ball out. They're gonna be here, be here for a minute. But the best thing about this average is you are recruiting players that already kind of got in their mind that they're not coming out to one year. Instead, you got like a bookie who gets disappointed after playing DJ, then they end up leaving. These players know hey, it's gonna be a I'm gonna be here three years. So they probably are least likely to transfer because of promising minutes and stuff. Yeah. But NBA, keep you on the hardwood. First off for uh Savage Go with Jamal Murray. Marcus Aldridge, I didn't put this on here, but he retired. Uh, had a play with record Harpy. I did tweet. I remember when he's with the Spurs a couple years ago, he had the same thing. So, the age 36, great career. Anybody got anything to say? Uh, no, I wish him um, a healthy recovery. Um, I just I definitely hope he gets real, but it's well. Um, the heart is nothing to play with at all. So, I'm glad that he caught it when he did. Uh, I'm glad that he made this decision at that moment right then that it's best to retire and not, you know, necessarily try to trace a ring um, with the issues that he had going on. So I'm glad that he went ahead and retired. Cool. Yeah, and the only thing I will want to say about LaMarcus Aldridge, man, is, um, man, what run they could have made with Brandon Roy was healthy um, with him. Um, if they could have put a team together when he was with San Antonio, Marcus Aldridge quite possibly has some of the best footwork we've seen in the post for post player um, in the amount of years. And I mean, not like 
the best, right? But considerably top four or five every single season. Um, and he didn't get his due credit. I mean, he's made some all pro teams, he's made some all NBA teams, but those feet, though, that footwork in the paint, that could have been all pro every single season, um, if you ask me. Um, so kudos to him, man. And, I mean, not as the same route that Chris Bosch went, but you know, Chris mm-hmm. Bosch also had um cardiac issues as well. So two yeah. big close players with great footwork, um, that just been gone too soon, um, without. So shout out to LA. And that mid range was unfair. Right. Oh, I've enjoyed watching since his Texas days, man. Um, somebody that you know had a really good career. We really didn't get to see what you know they could have did in Portland, with, especially when they drafted uh Greg Oden. Mm-hmm. They with Greg Oden, Brandon Roar in LA, and I think they had Andre Miller, uh, Andre Miller back then. It's like ain't no telling what that team could have accomplished if health wasn't a factor. Um, so for him to go, you know, from there into the Spurs, we saw him and how he reacted with Pop. Um, Pop, you know, and him end up coming to a solution, for lack of better words, and end up staying a little bit longer. Um, and I think that kind of had his career. And then he ended on a good note in Brooklyn, just, you know, being able to end the game, loving the game of basketball. And I think that's what's the most important thing, especially for a guy like Lamarcus Aldridge. So, you know, close to 20,000 points, you know, in the NBA, like very, very, very solid career. Um, and kudos to him, and he still got a chance to end it with a ring. So, I mean, of course, I want him to. So, we, I guess that's a, a, a another another no con uh, podcast. But you know, let's get to it. Man. Shout out to LA. <laughs> yeah, man, it's 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 always tough to see. You know, like I, I don't I don't know where he ranks on all time great, but he definitely was one of the best of his era for the power forward position. I mean, he made all stars. He was a walking bucket. You cannot guard him in that post area. Um, and it, it just sucks to kind of see him, you know, go out on his sword. But I mean, I don't think he would he would have it any other way in terms of like I played the game and some popped up. I did all that I can do, you know, from, you know, sticking it out with Portland, going to San Antonio to, to work with Pop and then finally saying, you know what, I need to go you know, run with KD and them, see if I can get a ring in Brooklyn. So, I mean, I don't think he has any regrets, man. He, he's definitely he'll be remembered. He'll get a number retired in, in Portland. Yeah. So I, I think I think I think players like LA before we move on, I think players like <laughs> LA are why I don't like the media is because he's somebody that has an outstanding career, Hall of Fame career. Um I, I this time I have to actually think about it and go research. In my opinion, Hall of Fame career, but we won't see that because he didn't win a championship. Mm, so yeah. um and I Let's think a lot of Y'all feel I like to definitely hear how y'all feel about you know Hall of Fame career or not. I yeah. think like close to twenty thousand points, like that's it's players in the Hall of Fame that don't even have that. So uh, yeah, I, I, yeah I say it. yes. Yeah, that's uh, also looking looking at look, looking at the stats. He's seven time All Star, two time yeah, second yeah. team, three time. Yeah, that's that's he got he got better than honestly better than Chris Bosh, comparable to Chris Bosh because Bosh yeah. only got one, one, one straight to Chris Bosh. What is your problem? No, no, no. I'm, I'm comparing. He's comparing. He's not. I'm, I'm comparing it to Chris Bosh because Chris Bosh is trying to get in. As you normally do. But I'm just, I'm just comparing. I'm just comparing. I'm telling. 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 I'm we can come back. Nah, we ain't got it. <laughs> uh, but back to your media point, too. Uh, the media who turned uh, L.A. and Dame against each other. Why L.A. left Portland in the first place. Yep. They The media essentially made it like, oh, this is Dame's team now. L.A. It's kind of like how they did Shaq and Penny. 
same similar similar same. fashion. So, yep. hey, so speak to your media point. Yeah, the media found a way to turn them against each other, and then still not appreciate him enough. So he's a hall of famer. One hundred percent. Savage got more injury news. Yeah, so speaking of more injuries, uh, with all-star copper players, I don't think that he's made an all-star game yet. But uh, Jamal Murray in this previous week did um, did have an injury. Uh, he fell kind of hard towards the end of the game when the game was out of reach. Um, I saw on Twitter where Pro Football Doc, who's like my go-to for injuries, like he's more times than not he's gonna be right based on what he sees. And he, he said his fear was an ACL, and sure enough, you know, full day later it was an ACL. Um, so just want to know you guys' thoughts about Jamal Murray and just the state of the Nuggets at this point um, after the injury to their best player, who not best player, but like you know, the player that was balling out last year in the bubble because he did go crazy in the bubble. But yeah, what are y'all thoughts? Yeah, so I, for a team to lose their second best player, I'm within definitely in playoff time. He's definitely their second best player. Um, I'm I was kind of I'm kind of hurt still um, because this is a team that I was looking forward to in the playoffs. Um, Jamal Murray, like we've all said, is a player that don't use the regular season to, you know, do his thing. He waits to the playoff time till it's time to ball out for him to ball out. Um, this one player that I, that was easy on my two watch list. And for me not to be able to watch him in the playoffs, it sucks. Um, it sucks for different fans because they were rolling uh, when they got the um, when they when Aaron Gordon came to the squad. So that, they were just rolling, messed up the chemistry. Uh, they called themselves getting, you know, uh, what's his name? Rivers, they uh, they got Austin Rivers to try to replace him. You know, I can see where they went with that, but still, he's no Jamal Murray, especially in playoff time. So I think the Nuggets gonna miss him. But you know, um, get well soon, Jamal, for real. Yeah, um, for Jamal Murray going now, man. I hate to see. I, I really wanted to see him do something incredible during the regular season. Um, I think Jamal Murray's past two seasons. We've talked about Jamal Murray at length during his postseason. Um, about it's not really necessarily what he's doing, you know, throughout the 60 plus games or 72 game season. Um, but regardless, injuries are injuries, and that just sucks for the game of basketball. Um, there's not there's no one that's gonna be able to be able to replace Jamal Murray at all. Um, not based upon his point input, uh, but really just based upon the chemistry that he has with that team. Um, and with the soon to be MVP Joker. Um with that. So, um, Jamal, I, I, I know it's not a time. I just, I, I put you my, be back, man. We, <laughs> you put in your two cents earlier about Chris Bosh. So I'm going to put my two cents in now. Um, and I'm going to turn it. Boom. Um, but yeah, so uh, Jamal Murray, it hurts, uh, the game, NBA, the NBA itself. Um, and it, that sucks, but let's be honest here. Um, it, they weren't going to be like a Jamal Murray away from winning the championship or coming out the West. So that's what it is. You know, I was going to say the same thing. Definitely uh, hate that that happened to Jamal Murray. I think the Nuggets were – they struggled at the beginning of the season. But I think, you know, as the season went on, as players got acclimated to their roles, I think them losing Jeremy Grant was, was pretty tough for them. Uh, so they got Aaron Gordon and they, and they started the role. So they started to climb in the standings. And I think they started to get, you know, get that sense like, you know, the Lakers are hurt. You know, everybody's having injuries. Maybe this could be our year. And I think with the loss of Jamal Murray, I think that has totally, you know, deflated them. And I don't think they make a decent run in the in the playoffs now because I think he was he was huge. I think if 
Jamal Murray has made made a name for himself. It may not be in the regular season, but it's been in the postseason. And so, you know, that take, not having that that go to like that solid 20, 25, maybe even 30 sometimes a night um, point, uh, point per game score. Like you don't have that. I think that's tough. But I think the other thing that's bothered me is I'm not sure why in the hell that game was played at two or three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. And I, and I think that I think that's. I think that's a big thing because you know yeah, players are used to playing six, seven, eight o'clock and playing a game at two thirty. You got to miss three o'clock. I, I think that's a lot. That's a huge. I think that's a huge. You know, wake up day for the body. The body is not used to. You know, I'm sure being at that high uh, <laughs> intensity that early in the day. So I think that was the other thing for me that I that kind of caught my attention. Think you got to miss up. He got hurt in that late night game. This goes State. Oh, he didn't play. He didn't play the Boston game. I know what game you're talking about. Oh, Austin okay. game that came all the way back. Oh, yeah. okay. But he had, I think he had a knee injury already, and he didn't mm-hmm. play in the important game. Or the Golden State game, he got hurt in the okay. next night. Yeah, well, I just feel it, the, the injury for Jamal Murray is devastating for the Nuggets. Um, I really didn't see how they were going to replicate what they did last year uh, for the most part. Um because I don't think it really was going to be pushed over the hump. I mean, they got Austin Rivers to kind of fill the void, but you're not going to actually replace their production like that just all willy-nilly. Um, if I'm look, looking at the standings now, they're the four seed, and they'll match up with the Lakers, who for sure is going to have LeBron James and Anthony Davis out. So you might as well say kudos kudos to the Nuggets this season uh, at this point. But um, this is not just really just more so with the Nuggets. It was more so about the season as a whole, about how – the condensed uh, season that's been, the short off season, no training camps, things of that nature. You kind of see it now starting to take his ugly head with all of these injuries. So, do uh, well soon, Jamal. That's about all I can say. Yeah, very soon. I mean, it is confirmed. I think AD is supposed to come back in like a week, and LeBron's supposed to come back in like two weeks. So, at the Lakers, the Lakers weren't healthy. The Denver had a legit shot. They are healthy, which is like they are. And they are have been playing pretty well without them lately. Um, they had no shot anyway, but it still hurts. You with Jamal Murray, you do have a shot at any series to at least get back to the West the Conference Finals. Without them, they probably pack in the first round because playoff performance, he turns it up. Every I've seen it since he's been in the league. So it's pretty much expected at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh you call him, you know, we say they try to get Paul George playoff P. Now you need Jamal Murray need a playoff nickname for real. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was, he was the reason why they they like won games against the Lakers. Like the crazy mm-hmm. game that he had, he made that crazy shot. I was just like, yeah, this this is him going crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's all I have. All right, so two is on you, man. So it's on me. So speaking of injury, uh, my favorite player in the game just got injured again, coming back. Um, <laughs> so I guess get well soon that Kevin Durant got injured in the first quarter in the, in the heat game. He just won by a buzzer beater by Bam Adebayo. Shout out, shout out to him. But we're not going to talk about Bam Adebayo right now. We're actually going to talk about y'all's favorite quote unquote uncle. No, it's your uncle. What you talking about? Your uncle stop, too? stop this. Your uncle too? No, you, you don't want to say uncle like that. Like that my friend. Friend. I know. Like that. That's your uncle too. Charlie, that's, so, that's such a black thing. You know, look, look, black people quick to do that. When they family member mess up, you know, oh, that's your uncle. Or no, that's your <laughs> Exactly. Here's the thing, bro, because Ren is fundamental. You got to understand that Kevin Durant said calling somebody that's not your uncle an uncle is disrespect to your real uncle. 
And I got a lot of cool uncles that I'm cool with. So it's like, I don't want to disrespect them. I got them. a lot it's of cool uncles. That's why we're trying to create for black people. So I got a lot of cool uncles too, but I'm still going to call Uncle Shannon Uncle Shannon because he acts like an uncle. So, hey, let's just be real. <laughs> All right, well, okay, we're we gonna call him Uncle Shannon, but now nah, for real. Um, so Uncle Shannon and Katie got into it over social media. Um, pretty much just to break everything down. Uh Uncle Shannon found a fake tweet that apparently he thought was a real tweet. Um, we can go into a real quick uh saying Katie, this is what the, the, the tweet was saying. People try to discredit my rings, but honestly, I feel like I'm the most valuable of our era. People argue LeBron is the goat, but I beat him, but I beat him in back and back uh finals with him. What does that make me? So uh, pretty much Shannon replied, Kevin thought by winning the title, people would regard him universally as the best player in the NBA, better than LeBron James. Y'all know how you feel about Go James. But, <laughs> but he said, but very few people were willing to go there. And he's like, you know, if LeBron James is the go, I beat the go twice. So a question I want to ask y'all from that, because they go on into it, you know, Shannon to go on and block KD from Twitter, blah, blah, blah. We see KD fight the media. The reason he don't want to talk to the media, which I completely understand now. I want to ask y'all this on a serious note. Should big media, the ESPNs, the first takes, the undisputed, the blah, blah, blahs that people conceive on a day-to-day basis, should they fact check before going on live air and present information to people? Well, I think with Shannon, I think Shannon, <laughs> I think Shannon pulled that himself. So like first take in and undisputed, they have producers that, that gather that information who who fact check it and all that type of stuff. So I think Shannon, I actually remember this show. He actually sat there and pulled it up himself and was like, yeah, this is what KD said, you know, this, that and third. So, yeah, obviously they should definitely fact check. Uh, but I think the problem with. And I would say national media, because I, I think local media, for the most part, does a good job at presenting the facts because you are intimately interacting with those people. You know, whether that be like, you know, us with uh, commercial appeal and the Daily Memphis and things like that, like national media, like ESPN, like I said, ESPN, Fox Sports and those debate shows, they you're on TV every single day. And so at some point, you're going to put your foot in your mouth, which is what Shannon Sharp did. And I'm kind of disappointed that he blocked KD afterwards because Shannon Sharp talks a lot of cash money. And then for him to pull that mess was kind of like I kind of lost respect for Shannon in that regard. Um, but I <laughs> I just find it funny, to be honest. Like I, I really didn't care. I just I'm just here. For, <laughs> I'm just here for the memes with uh with, with Shannon Sharp and, and Kevin Durant. I'll get Kevin Durant this. Um, he is annoying when he responds to social media, but I see why he chooses to be annoying because the media is annoying to him. So I rock with it. Just keep doing what you're doing and keep me entertained because I'm I'm a laugh at it regardless. Um, yeah, my take on all this is we're getting back to the social media aspect, and this is something that has never been an issue until now. And I say that because, like, you know, back when um, Jordan was running things um, in the '90s. There was no outlet per se, like he can go right to his phone after someone makes or misses a free throw um, and tweet about something or go on social media and post this or that. Um, so we're just in a different age and era of time and basketball and just sports in general. Um, and so we have to be cognizant of what we say and how we respond. But I think there's an air of players that don't necessarily give a F, to be honest, um, and will go toe to toe with you and don't care who you are. And that's just what it is. Um, you can't think that every single person that you come across social media is going to be this perfect professional person that's going to be, oh, yeah, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, no. 
KD's going to give it to you raw. There's another player we're going to talk about later. It's going to probably give it to you just as raw. John Moran going to talk to you right after, you know, hit or miss a free throw. Like, it's immediate now nowadays. Um, so you have to be able to be able to go back and forth on social media without there being an issue at this point. Um, that's just really, I feel like, where we're at. Um, and then it just is what it is, man, responding and how you want to respond. But I will say this, KD and the conversation of him beating the GOAT twice, what does that make him? That just makes him Kevin Durant. Um, no one thinks you're the GOAT. Um, and you, you, okay, you may have someone on the show that thinks you're the GOAT. But I don't think you're a GOAT. Um, you may be a baby sheep or a lamb, um, but I don't see it as being a GOAT. Um, and we can have a GOAT discussion, but when we had that GOAT discussion last time with LBR, your name wasn't brought up. Next slide. And if he's a lamb, he may be some lamb chop, sheetie. Um, but to answer, <laughs> you gonna cut it. To answer your question, cut too. It. Cut it. <laughs> I sorry, they did it. They did it. <laughs> oh, y'all are nasty. Oh, that's, that's, Man, y'all are nasty. Um, but to you asked, you know, if the big corporations, you know, like ESPN, Fox, you know, if they should fact check. I, I looked at that question is. Should they be doing their job? And yes, they should be. I think that's that part. That's part of the job. I think they have people. You know, they have in their research department. They have. You know, I'm pretty sure all this money invested into these different systems that spits out all this this type of information. And so, the, yes, they should. But I think sometimes they, you know, people get bored and people like to entertain trolls. And that's the other thing I'm going to say is watch who watch who's trolling you. Like <laughs> you don't have to respond to every single thing that that comes in, that comes into your mentions. Just be careful of, you know, the, the 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 people with the fake profile pictures, you know, the people that, you know, name maybe James Johnson with the, like a, a little fox in their in their Twitter and their avatar or something like that. Just be careful who you're talking to and just and, and do your fact checking. That's it. Yeah. To answer your question, too, and I'm I'm gonna paraphrase Denzel Washington here when I think I forgot what award show it was on the red carpet, but he said it perfectly. Like uh, the job of the media is to actually get the truth out there, to tell the truth at all times. When you have so much information, you have different ways to access it. It slightly doesn't even become about telling the truth anymore. It's basically all about being first. Being first. Yep. It's not even about like if, it, if whatever is put out is not about if it's even true or if it's even accurate or not. It's just who's first and is it entertainment? At this point, so to answer your question, uh, yes, these these national media people really need to do a better job of actually doing their job, which is fact checking before they display something that they display on national television. And I just got to say, I'm gonna be honest. I know we we give him flack for how he's handling things on social media, but we gotta give KD his flowers for the way he's been treating these folks on social media since. The burner account thing, like you gotta give him his love it. I love it. Love it. It's hilarious. Y'all gonna see me? I bet. <laughs> bet. I'm gonna show y'all who I am. <laughs> the way that he has clapped back at these folks with this man has been hilarious. So, KD, keep him coming, man. Keep him coming. Yeah, shout out to KD for that, man. No more burners. Like my show is who you are. Thank you. Keep your name with it. Um, he did it yesterday. As a matter of fact, when he tweeted, man, that's a heck of a hand one shot. They recall tweeting and said Kimball instead of Steph. So I don't know what's going on there. I'm not <laughs> going to all of that. <laughs> but Steph had the more impressive uh, and one, but I'm not going to go into that. Uh, <laughs> I can say this. Of course, they need to fact check. 
If they don't want to fact check, they can watch our show, Let's Be Real and Let's Be Real Media hey. Podcast Network. And if they, if we won't block you, if you get us about fact checking, we're going to listen to you and we're going to come on and uh, correct our wrongs. So, and we correct our wrongs on this show, unlike y'all. So, yeah. Information changes. Exactly. Information has changed. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I can speak about all of us, you cannot troll a troll. You cannot troll a troll. So if you're going to come in with some BS, be expecting to be reacting with some BS. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Mitchell. We're not flying high on this one. Mm-mm. <laughs> we didn't. So yeah, uh, so one more thing before KD. Uh, definitely want to give us flowers, like you said, Sharky. My man got a hundred billion dollars, Mauricio. <laughs> he don't give a damn with nobody. <laughs> My man, so uh, him and his partner, Rich Climate, uh, they got a hundred uh, hundred billion dollars from a, a business venture with Coinbase. So with a B, not an M, with a B. So um, I expect to see a, a lot more from KD um, outside of basketball, which of course I'm a love. Um, but sticking on the court, we're gonna move into our next topic. I guess another misunderstanding, uh, for lack of better words. Um, and I'm talking about Steve Kerr and James Wiseman, pretty much just to sum the whole situation. Um, Steve Kerr was asked about James Wiseman, and of course, he's gonna uh, James Wiseman gonna miss the rest of the season. And pretty much, he was asked, you know, whether or not he'll be able to catch up with the core. You know, Steph is what 31, Clay is gonna miss two seasons. Um, will he be able to catch up? And you know, I want to get you all's opinion on how much pressure that we put on NBA rookies because James Wiseman is not even 21. James Wiseman got a lot of potential. Steve Kerr knew, you know, who he was recruiting and into his response saying, you know, oh, well, we, 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 we really didn't understand how raw he was. Now, nah, you don't understand how raw a 20 year old kid is that only played three games in college. You essentially drafted a high schooler at number two. You know how raw he is. So let me ask, are we putting the right amount of pressure? Should we put less pressure on rookies? Should we put more pressure on rookies? Let me get y'all reaction on that. Yeah, um, I think it depends on on the rookie um, and what do we expect from them. I think all of us on LBR expected James Wiseman to kind of be a role player for the Golden State Warriors. Nobody was looking at him to become AD. Uh, we said he had AD's game in terms of like what his potential was, but like coming in, like nah, you merged in traffic, dog. They already got Steph here. You got Draymond. You got at some point you're gonna have Clay. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. I think it just depends on the circumstances. Like with LeBron James, he was the chosen one in high school. I remember his games being on on ESPN. You know, what I'm saying Carmelo. Carmelo came in as like the dude who won that championship with Syracuse. Uh, was supposed to be a superstar. And that's what it was with him. But like with certain with certain top picks, I think it just depends, man. Like even with like um, who was another one? Like Jabari Parker. Nobody thought Jabari Parker was going to be like a superstar in terms of like changing the league. And same with James Wiseman. I think James Wiseman is going to be a nice um, to start. I think he'll be a number two option at best. And then once he gets to his prime, he might be that dude. Uh, but I think it just depends. But real quick on Steve Kerr, um, <laughs> because I know Sane tweeted out, you know that Kerr was not that good of a coach. Um, I don't think Kerr is a bad coach. I think he is a product of his environment as far as like who he had around him. And I say that because I saw last year a coach take the thunder to the playoffs with Chris Paul and SGA and some chess pieces. Like, like who's that? Billy Donovan, I think. Um, whoever was the coach, I forget. Uh, but made Lou Dort into, into, a, uh, into a decent player, you know. And I, I didn't see more of that from – from Steve Kerr with actual player 
uh, development. I think that is Steve Kerr's. He might be of the Doc Rivers mold. He might be in terms of like, give me, give me. I said it might be, Skylar. I said it might be. I'm not saying he is, but he might need to have a ready-made team, which is not, that's not, that's not nothing wrong with that because Tyron Lue's the same way. He needs a ready-made team, can go in, can operate with that. That's his niche. You no, know, but then you get those who can actually come in and actually coach. Then it works out. But yeah, uh, James Wiseman, in my opinion, at least I'd like to hear what y'all say. I don't think he has that much pressure on him. Yeah, I'm going to rub elbows with you real quick about that Steve Kerr statement because uh, uh, <laughs> take take if we're if Steve Kerr is really as good of a coach as we say that he may be right. Let's really take Steph Curry off that Warriors team because the Warriors are, are are hurting and let's give them what, what was it? Uh, I think we, I saw, was, we saw it last year. Yeah, and I, and I mean, but they added. Wait, wait, well, hold on. They added. Um, what did you say? Uh, <laughs> baby KD, the lineup. So that would make him like a baby goat, right? Because he was. Oh he man! Just like, he just He just got a, a stand, a ten, bro. Like he, he good. That is nice. That's <laughs> but, nice. But in all actuality, in all fairness, like Steve Kerr is not that good of a coach to, to me. I, I don't really think. I think he. He got what Mark Jackson built up um, and was able to maybe, you know, whisper a few things and get to where he had to go. Um, the point is, do I think there's – is there enough – is there a lot of pressure on NBA players? I think there's more pressure on NFL players that are NFL quarterbacks as opposed to actual NBA players. Like, there's not really pressure on Anthony Bennett uh, – or, I mean, Anthony Bennett, Anthony Edwards, right, um, to go out there and, and be great this season. He was the number one pick. He was having a decent season as a rookie, but if he doesn't do well this season, next season, okay. Andrew Wiggins, who's on the Warriors team, this is his fourth or fifth team that he's been on. Um, and so to me, I don't think there's that much pressure um, for him. Um, I don't think there is for he's James. It's only second, brother. It's only second. No, it's only <laughs> It feels like four. It feels like it feels like it feels like four. He's only been traded once, and I only him last year. But he'll be gone next year. Oh, he's been traded twice, my friend. He's been traded twice. Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Cleveland. Oh, I forgot. I know you count. I know you count. Cleveland. Sorry, but he never played for Cleveland. Like he never. Yeah, I Um, is. Kerr is basically the John Gruden to Mark Jackson. Mm. That's, Ooh, very, that's a really great one. Very good. To, right. to answer that, because I did see, mm. I did see the difference between Steve Kerr and Mark Jackson. And Mark Jackson, what Mark Jackson actually did in several of his lineups was actually start Draymond Green at small forward. And I think from that to transition from him going there to small forward to center. And speeding up the game, which is what Steve Kerr was known to do, whether it's with the uh, the Suns, um, the Suns front office, or playing with the go Michael Jordan's like fast pace. Let, let's get it. And I think that kind of offense benefited the Warriors because you're tiring out defenders, and then you still got to stop, you know, two of the best shooters of all time, and then Draymond getting the rebound and starting the offense essentially from the rebound. Like that's been their game for years, and I don't think that happens if Mark Jackson's still the coach. But the defensive philosophy is still there that Mark Jackson instilled in them. That, yeah, that mean, never that's true. That's true. That's true. But I mean it could have it could have easily fell off as well, though. You know what I'm saying? It could have easily fell off, especially with an offensive game that the Warriors had, and they were still number one in defense. So it yeah. easily could have fell off, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in my opinion, yes. <laughs> Curry is basically John Gruden to Mark Jackson's Tony Dungeon. Thank God 
turned out you did go on and win a ring um for sure but yes i i do see that and it's it's ironic that you did it that way too uh tom whoever that is um because it's also white privilege black white but i won't get all of that um passing mm, not in this case not in this case we can debate this another time but not in this case um should we lower our expectations of rookies um I'm not sure if that's the case. I'm just one of those people that I think we should let things play out or be patient um, because, you know, you know, James Wiseman may not be good now, but what if he's good three, four years down the road? Right. I just think we just have to learn, especially with players now these days, because these players aren't, you know, they aren't coming into the NBA with three and four years of college experience. You have some, but the majority of your James Wiseman and of your Anthony Edwards, they're playing, you know, four years of high school basketball, maybe a year of college or maybe a year overseas. And then they're coming into, you know, one of the most competitive like leagues that we have in, in America, which is the NBA. So I just think we need to learn how to, you know, just be patient. Let these things, let these players get adjusted to, to the NBA game. I mean, look at players that's, I mean, currently like in some of the top NBA rookie rankings now, like Therese Halliburton, like Emmanuel Quickly, like some of these players, like who probably had zero expectations at all to maybe even be rookie of the year. Or like leading some of these um, rookie um, statistics, so just be patient. Um, let some of these uh, players get adjusted, get their uh, get their feet feet settled in the NBA, um, and then just go from there. And I think the last thing uh, about Steve Curry is I just don't like how I feel like he's not had James Wiseman's back in a lot of cases this year when he's been asked about it. That's the thing that's a little problematic for me. I think a lot of times he's been asked about it. And it just doesn't seem as if he maybe believes in that pick, if he believes in James Wiseman. Um, I'm not sure what the case may be, but I definitely don't like the vibe that I'm getting from Steve Kerr. And to y'all's point, maybe, you know, his niche is, you know, working with a team that's NBA ready and his thing isn't, you know, player development. That's not some coach's thing. <laughs> um, so we just got to see. I just I really hope that, you know, he continues to have his back. James Wiseman gets healthier. Um, and if not, get him out of there. Get him somewhere. Maybe he's he's happy or something like that, and maybe do the do something that's best for you know Golden State and James Wiseman. Yeah, essentially, when I read this quote, I, I felt that Steve Kerr pretty much snitched on himself as uh, not being. I'm not going to say he's not a great coach, but he's not a good coach. I'll say he's average. Let's just put it like that, because to me, he's basically a guy that gave Mark Jackson's Warriors an offense and then just doubled down once he got KD. Um, so to Skylar's point, when we're supposed to be patient with these NBA rookies that's coming in, I agree 100%, given we are in a microwave society, we want things quick, fast, and now. Uh, however, I feel that's the job of you as the head coach, Steve Kerr, uh, and the coaching staff, to get these players acclimated to the NBA. Like, yeah, it's going to take some time, given – course with James Wiseman's case he's what 19 years old um right now still trying to adjust to playing in the NBA after only playing three college games so I think that's up to you as the head coaching and coaching staff to get acclimated there so uh I'm sensing those same vibes with current Wiseman scholars again I don't think those two are really just connecting like they're supposed to be especially with a rookie of uh, Wiseman's caliber of course we felt when he came in it was just like it's a quality piece for the Warriors to fit right in they're still going to be a formidable, uh, formidable opponent in the West, uh, given uh, if everyone stays healthy. But in the end, I just think we just need to relax a little bit, just be calm. Like, 
if you if you got to press that start button a couple more times on that microwave you got to do so to add the extra 30 seconds so hey it is what it is so just let's just calm down let's just relax and give these players some patience to get acclimated um to answer the question too of course yeah they need to be patient but like trevor said microwave society of course they're not but i mean steve curry once clay got hurt your championship odds the season were through at that point it's development that point start james wiseman why are you going to bench him when he start when he first starts to true struggle that that it made no sense you're not going to the championship you're you're battling to get in the play in right now with stealth going completely off like that's on Steve Kerr, like Savage and uh alluded to. Maybe Ann Scaler as well. Maybe he's the veteran team. Maybe he's Tyron Luke. That's what it's looking like. Uh maybe he wanna go stake the trade they pick for a veteran player. That's what they really need because Steph is 34. Clay is 32, 33 when he gets back. 34. Right. I think Draymond it's time to start too, isn't it? Yeah, year next year. Next year? Yeah. Steph's up next year. Mm. So yeah, so they need a win now move. So James Wiseman might be traded this offseason and swells that Minnesota pick that they might get. Um, they might package that for somebody to a win now move. That might be the move. That might be what Steve Kerr needs. But to answer your question, yeah, they do need to be patient, especially in the season, COVID. Like the draft was in November instead of June. No summer league. He's a center who only played three games in college. He hadn't played in a full year. He's a right. kid. He's 19 right. years old, 20 yeah. years old. He ain't got, his, <laughs> he ain't got weight yet. <laughs> And he's showing flashes. He's still season. growing. That first game against he's still growing. Nice. So that's it's on Steve Curry, but that's what it is. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's one thing that um words in the real because yeah, man. Now that's that's something I've been yeah. saying like all season. Is like one part of me wants the Warriors to make the playoffs, but another part of me wants to, you know, to have the two lottery picks, like I said on S5. So um, the Warriors in a weird position that uh get healthy. James Wiseman, I know he missed a lot of games this season, too, um, due to injury and, and you know, haven't had a chance to, like you said, Skyler really get his feet wet, even though uh, he did start Kavon Looney at one point. I think they were just trying to, you know, see what they had. You know, that was, you know, everybody started every once in a while at the beginning of the season. So, um, but you know, uh, salute to y'all for answering the question because I do think that the media do, uh, we do put a lot of pressure on rookies, especially top three. Um, he James Wiseman was one of the players that literally got thrown into a fire. And what I mean by that is that he got thrown into a championship pedigree team. And Sharky, you hit the hammer right on the head. It's like as soon as Clay went down, that's when the whole team arrived went down. Like you're not winning anything without Clay Thompson. So uh kudos, kudos to y'all for that um for that talk. Um just definitely had to ask y'all that Wiseman will be back. I don't think he gets traded. Um, I don't want him to get traded, but I know there's a big in Memphis who I love to see in a Warriors uniform, and I'm going to just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, I know it ain't Draymond Green. Who are you talking about? <laughs> no, I said that. No, no, no. What what I say? You, it's a big in Memphis you would like to see on the Warriors team. Yeah. JV. Uh if it's any other team, if it's any other team, I love the team. You started this before the draft last, last year to get uh James Wise from the Memphis. You ain't slick. <laughs> I mean, it's still perfect. Next topic. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways. 
Um, I want to talk about teams and uh, let's talk about some more about ownership. Um, shout out to D Wade, um, who such as Shaq, Grant Hill, um, who else? I think of uh, of course LeBron's done it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and all oh, of course Michael Jordan, um, being NBA players that became part owners of a team, um, not necessarily their own team, so to speak. Um, so as we know, uh, the the uh, D Wade has now been a part owner now, which means he actually owns one percent uh, of the team. Um, this is the Utah Jazz. Um, Utah Jazz were bought for I think like one point six billion. So it means he put up at least ten million um, for this. Well, sixteen million, I would say, for this deal, and hopefully some more. But just want to get you guys' thoughts about that. Um, going from eighteen, I was kind of quote unquote troll, so to speak. Um, this recent year, because remember, no one picked anyone from the Jazz starters until the last pick, right between LeBron um, and Kevin Durant. And remember, they joked about you no, know, no one really <laughs> chooses Utah, but D-Wade has not chosen Utah, right? Um, so just your thoughts and opinions about this. What does that mean for Utah, so to speak, or does it mean anything for Utah um, for us all? Um, and the order has been on the screen and it's been in the chat as well. Um. So I don't know what it really truly means for Utah, I mean, uh, but shout out to D-Wade ownership. It's ironic that I did watch uh, the 30 for 30 for D-Wade, life, expected, uh, life unexpected last night. So perfect time for me to watch that leading to this topic because just thinking his upbringing, where he came from, uh, parents, drug, like, you know, being around drugs and stuff growing up and where he came from to get to the, get to where he is now. NBA Hall of Fame with three-time champ. And now he's a part owner of Jazz. And also, you know, a lot of people are like, man, why not the Heat? Why not this? I don't know if the Heat had a chance for him to get ownership there. Also, him and Pat Riley, I know he ended up, he ended up coming back to Miami and he ended up retiring there. But that still happened where they didn't pay him, where he took these pay cuts. And ultimately, when it was time to give him his due, they let him go. So Maybe that still plays a part into the Aldo. Are, are you calling Cap? Because they, they did say Mickey Harrison did uh, give Dwayne a chance to buy the team or, uh, uh, you know, a part, whatever. You calling I Cap? Did. Yeah, I think so. Or some, somebody, it, there was a report saying that he was offering an opportunity to come in. Uh, and maybe yeah. the chance would still be there, but Dwayne decided to go with Utah instead. That may have been the case. I mean, really, after rewatching the documentary last night, and he's still hurt by that Pat Riley stuff when that didn't pay him. Yeah. Although he came back and he retired there, it's still that still lingers, and that's something when it comes down to something like this becoming part owner of the team. Now, nah, screw it, I'm gonna go here. Yeah, when you have a close relationship like uh Pat Riley and Dwayne Wade have for it to come to the end that it did, you can kind of see why that still lingers a little bit with Dwayne Wade, which I can kind of see why he didn't choose to buy the Miami Heat because he would have to work extensively with Pat Riley as far as putting a team together on the court. Uh, As far as what this means for Utah, I really don't think this is going to change anything with Utah. Um, I mean, the Jazz are the Jazz. I mean, they are doing what they're doing this season. Kudos to them. They're the best team in the league. We'll see how that translates in the playoffs, even though they kind of hit a rough patch uh, these past couple of weeks uh, with some uh, bad losses to some bad teams. But, uh, again, kudos to Dwayne Wade. Let's see what this actually means on his side. Uh, I am kind of impressed with uh, not just him, but with a lot of these players nowadays with their uh, moves that they're making for outside of basketball. So, uh, kudos. 
Trevor just really just took the words right out of my mouth. I think it's good, you know, as a black man, I think where people our age that watch basketball to see players like Grant Hill, um, D-Way, LeBron invest and, you know, become minority owners of basketball teams. Um, I just really hope that the generation behind us looks at that um, to give them some, you know, idea of what they could, if, you know, if they become really good basketball players or really good at something, invest your money, um into things like this and so i just really hope that you know the people the generation behind us really looks at that um and gives them something you know to aspire after after you know if their career is over with in basketball or football so i i, I really liked it i'm good with it yeah uh going back to uh sharky's point about the miami heat part uh, i think part of that it's kind of like when you're um when you're growing up and at some point you reach a stage in your life where you don't want to be sunned by your parents. And so um, I think Dwayne Wade, I don't think he ever wanted part of the Miami Heat ownership, especially with it being like, you know, uh, kind of a Rocky, you know, I guess breakup and then makeup. But it's kind of like Rocky still. Uh, but this is an opportunity for him to be in a new environment. I mean, Utah is definitely a new environment, you know, totally different environment and culture especially culture because you talk a lot of white people and Dwayne Wade is man <laughs> you know what right out of my mouth bro <laughs> you know what I'm saying but I, I'm actually happy that he did choose somewhere different because that's gonna challenge him as a person whether he stays in it long term or not he's gonna grow as a businessman and, and I and I, I like that uh for Dwayne Wade I, I also think that he sees himself in Donovan Mitchell as far as like winning that first ring with Miami and then Donovan Mitchell might be able to win his first ring in Utah at some point. So there are like parallels there for as far as career uh, that, that goes there. So I, shout out to Dwayne Wade for doing this, shout out to him for challenging himself. And I hope he, I hope he does well. I hope he does well in Utah. Man, you literally took both the points really right out of my mouth. <laughs> like, no um, I think Dwayne being there, um, like you said, on the court and off the court, really um, off the court first is like Utah, like, we, we've seen Utah get in trouble for their races, you know, players that come into, you know, the arenas, you know, a couple years ago with, with the whole Russell Westbrook situation, stuff that's been going on since, you know, Mike hit the shot in Utah, you know what I'm saying? That may be where it all started, who knows, but black people love Utah, Utah love, you know, try to love us. And I think D-Wade will help with that as far as like the culture aspect goes, because D-Wade, as far as like the black culture goes, like D-Wade is that guy, you know, he will bring some fun into the Utah arena. You know, they already got the, the, the different uh, hashtag for their name. So, you know, maybe the trap jazz thing would actually become a thing, you know, with D-Wade being out there, you know what I'm saying? But on the court, I mean, D-Wade, D Donovan Mitchell, like they're, they're very similar players. Um, I think at this point, D-Wade knows how to, you know, what kind of talent to surround, you know, a player that kind of, you know, that kind of play like him, you know, very similar. And then I think like it'll kind of help with the image of the Utah Jazz because they are still the team that gave the world COVID. So I think, you know, with them being number one, you know, they they, they doing a whole rebranding. I think D-Wade being at the front of it will, will help that a lot. So he's not on the court playing ball, but I think he will play an integral part in, in their uh, in their future. But I also looked up, you know, current players who have uh, ownership in some kind of, 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 of sport. Uh, we got Pat Mahomes, of course, he got, you know, to deal with uh, with the Kansas City Royals. We got LeBron James, who has ownership in a couple teams. Um, Kevin Durant, uh, owner of a soccer team. James Harden, you know, soccer team. 
Uh, Venus and Serena Williams soccer team, they bring one to L.A. and they also part time owners of the Miami Dolphins. And of course, we got Russell Wilson, who is part time owner of Seattle Sounders. So we got players, black players who are coming in and using that money that they get and saying, hold up, I can actually affect change while I'm playing the game. And then once I'm done, I got the money to back it up and, you know, still affect change, you know, for black people. So. You know, kudos to the names I just read. Kudos to the Wayne Wade for getting the bag. But, you know, we're we keeping the culture alive and it's needed. So shout out to everybody that's doing the thing. Yeah. And, and quickly before I pass over to Trevor, um, I think like this generation that's grown up, right, also understands who D Wade is as a person. I'm not saying that they're going to say like this man's the GOAT, right, so to speak. I don't believe that at all. But I believe they see him as a great player and will thus be kind of, I think, even inspired by him in his presence such as how they kind of tried to see in Charlotte with Michael Jordan, right, um, for that type of culture. Um, also, I think what also helps is those names that you mentioned, um, too. I also want to see those names that are also in the same sport that they're in, too, right? So, yeah, it's great that Pat Mahomes has the Royals, but, man, I can't wait for him to get some of the Chiefs, still too, right, the same team that he plays for or some other team within the NFL. Um, and I think that's also crucial as well. But speaking about ownership, and just people owning some teams, right? To get over to Trevor uh, right now for someone else that has been owning and now is part of the NBA. Yes, uh, the NBA family will now officially welcome uh, former MLB uh, All-Star Alex Rodriguez, who apparently took all the money that he finessed from the Yankees and uh, decided to purchase alongside former CEO of Walmart, Mark Lore, purchased the Minnesota Timberwolves for $1.5 billion. Um, this move comes as a shakeup move, if you will, to try to restore some kind of relevancy to Minnesota. Uh, I have the order in the chat. The floor is yours, guys. Hey, he won. He won the Yankees the World Series, so I ain't gonna get him about all of that. Uh, but he did choke a lot of years before that, so before he finally turned around. So, but finally got you one. So, uh, uh, I don't like the Yankees, so that's. <laughs> I'm grateful for that one. Don't get me wrong, but, <laughs> but he choked a lot of years before that, Jersey. Yeah, bro, it was there ten plus years, and we come on now. That's a one high album every ten year average. Come on now, let's, let's go. I'm pulling take over here. Let's go. The same thing, man. It's cool. Uh, and uh, like I said, I'm just appreciative of any our athletes uh, personally on purchasing ownership stake. Uh, I don't know it's Atlas Rodriguez, what ethnicity he actually is, but uh, I'm pretty sure he got some black in him. So <laughs> shout out to him. Uh, him I don't and know the way, the way he behaves. I, don't think, I think he's just straight Dominican. That's, that's all I can say. <laughs> hey, he might, he might not be. Uh, him and J-Lo broke up right afterward. Um, literally, right after he got on the ship to this team. And, oh, they announced the breakup afterward. And shout yeah, out to Anthony Edwards. Shout out to Anthony Edwards. Uh, not knowing who A-Rod was. Apparently, he was just 19. So, when A-Rod was seeing his like When A-Rod was, was playing, bro was like in the womb or just getting out yeah. the womb. <laughs> I still yeah. thought he would hurt up in some aspect, but yeah, I, I still he didn't he didn't watch him play. He knew where to watch baseball, though he played. So like bro same was as, like go ahead, Scott. No, I was just gonna say same as you know, you know the news, the news about D Wade. It's it's good. I'm appreciative that you know um people um of 
other ethnicities are, you know, taking ownership into the, to different things. I'm all for it. I think the only reason this is pretty much news is because of what Anthony Edwards said. And, you know, I appreciate Anthony Edwards. First of all, I really believe that man is from Memphis. The way he talks, the way he acts, <laughs> I really, truly believe he's from I would, Memphis. I'd be surprised. But I, 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 you know, I, I'm okay with him to be keeping it real. It's okay not to know who Elitra Reeves is. There was right. at some point some people on this podcast that did not know who certain people were. It's okay, bro. It's okay. I just don't like when the media says, they're like, how are you like 21 years old? You don't know who Alex Rodriguez is, or you don't know who XYZ is. It's okay. <laughs> like, what you gonna shoot me for not knowing who he is? So <laughs> that's 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 my only thing about it. But again, shout out to A-Rod for that. Uh also I like how A-Rod's response to him. He had, I think on Instagram, he had said, Hey, uh, hey Anthony, I'm I'm Alex. <laughs> yeah, bro said was yeah, Anthony's like, what's good? Okay. I was like, yeah, right. bro, probably from Memphis, bro. <laughs> He's probably from Memphis. He's gotta be. Man, look. Anyway, Chidi. Yeah. Um, man, I, I don't I twofold for me. I love the the strike back that Anthony Edwards had. Like I said, he doesn't know really know the dude, um, to be honest. And it's really goes back to the comment I made earlier about this is really a social media um society, a microwave society, even at that, so to speak. And A-Rod is relevant to us. Right, but legitimately in the past, you know, seven to ten years, A Rod is nothing to anybody, right? Mm-hmm. But J Lo's little little footstep stool. So um with that being that, I mean like, yeah, he don't know him. He don't know little buddy. So this is what it is, but um <laughs> good little response that they did back and forth um uh, with one another. Shout out to A Rod for, for coming to buy the Timberwolves, but I mean like, the same way I don't think D Wade is really going to move the needle for the Jazz and may play a little bit harder. I don't see the Timberwolves now, unless they get moved somewhere to like I don't know, Seattle. Seattle? Uh, could I see something really happening? Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, the Dominican Republic. Yeah, the DR. The DR. Garacha, like Garacha. Oh my god! <laughs> Cut it! Cut it! Wow. Cut it. So my thoughts about this, I'm a, I'm gonna go from a different angle. I feel like shitty when I do this, but uh, <laughs> the Timberwolves are in need of like a shot in the arm because that franchise is is on a steady decline, threatening on like Sacramento Kings, you know, level. Um, of course, they had you know the tragedy of you know longtime coach Flip Saunders dying. Um, and then his son, Ryan Saunders, was actually the coach, and then he got fired, which is like, whoa, you fired, you know, Flip's son. And then you also the thing, the thing with KG is weird for me personally. It's weird because KG is the greatest player in your franchise's history. Not Kevin Love, not Cat, not anybody else. Kevin Garnett is the reason why I watched Timberwolves growing up. I didn't watch them for no other reason. When, when KG left, I left. Like I just I didn't watch them. Um so they they are in a need of a shot in the arm. I don't know, like Shitty mentioned, I don't know if A Rod is is that dude to to actually do it. Um, but I don't I don't think it I don't think it's going to get better. Nobody's going to play in Minnesota. They're talking about trading Cat and D'Lo this offseason. And Anthony Edwards is nice, but he's he's at best a number two option. He's not a number one option, you know. So, uh, Amen and God bless to him. Hope he does well. I don't think he will. It's a it's an angle I want to hit, and because this show is called Let's Be Real, I'm gonna go ahead and hit it. What's going on in the world right now, right? 
as far as you know black lives matter shooting a lot of the or i'm not gonna say a lot of the couple major ones have come from the minnesota minneapolis area right and if i'm a white owner i have to do what i have to do to protect my product not including kevin garnett into the ownership show me everything i needed to know as far as you know what what the timberwolves want to do as far as their future go and i don't see that future being in minnesota if I'm an owner, I'm looking at all ways possible for me to get the hell out of a bad area. Not to say that Minnesota is a bad, you know, city, but with the media, you know, and, and everything happened, like the George Floyd and, you know, the last year with the taser, like, come on, man, Minnesota's doing too much. Uh, and I think that's going to become an issue going forward with, you know, marketing a team, you know, and doing everything. And you got A-Rod who, you know, had time with the Seattle Mariners. You still have that connection that it, it's hard for for people like me to say hold on oh y'all still gonna say in minnesota you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying glenn taylor who's you know part his his ownership contract ends in like two three years that's an issue you know what i'm saying your, your contract with the stadium uh ends in 10 years you know 500 billion dollars about whatever all that can be done what i'm saying is within i think if there's any team that will relocate it's looking like the timberwolves especially with this move right here so I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, I don't see the Timberwolves being there. It may be like a three, five year plan. Cool, whatever. But like I said, if it's any team that I see don't making it, it'll be the Timberwolves. Like five years, Cap probably won't be there. You know, five years, D'Lo probably be out the door. Anthony Edwards, he'll probably, you know, he, he'll probably get the big bag from his rookie contract. And then once we get the big bag, he'll be out in six, seven years. So I don't see too much going on in Minnesota, but I could be wrong. But I'm hope I'm hoping to be right on this one because. I would love to see a team back in Seattle, especially when they got everything that, that's going for them. In three years, everyone that's in Minnesota, that's their quote unquote core or their foundation will probably be gone. Cool. Including Anthony Edwards. Yes, I'm throwing them in. Three years? Three years? three years? Even on a rookie contract? He'll, in three years, he'll be at the end of his rookie contract. So, yes. Yeah, I don't know, bro. Well, usually, unless the CBA changes. Unless CBA changes and they yeah, change their stuff around. But yeah. he might be, he might be six, I'm seven. Not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to judge a book by his cover, but if I'm Anthony Edwards and I get a chance to get a big bag, especially after being a number one pick, I'm going to get that big bag. I ain't going to cap. So, I, I, if it's anybody, so I see Stan, I think he's going to be Anthony Edwards. All right. We'll see. And I believe it's time for trolling all. We are trolling all. So are y'all ready to have that conversation yeah. about? about oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Trolling all. <laughs> so so this is so this is the thing. this this is the thing. So I I specifically not over the the, the length of his career. I specifically point out. Raptors, Chris Bosh, and Chris Bosh stayed with the Raptors for seven years. At that time, I remember I watched a lot of Chris Bosh. He, he's Team Southpaw. I watched left-handed players. I, this, this is what I do. He was he was a legitimate player. He made several All Stars from 2006 up until he left in about 2010, I believe. So it, it was like a three-time All Star at that time. Um, and one of those years, he was balling out crazy. I remember he had like an early like an MVP candidate, and then he kind of like tapered off towards the end. Uh, but Y'all call me Statage, right? I actually have a new website that I love very much. Y'all should use it. It's called StatMuse. You can type in any stat. Just type it in. You can put in 
LeBron James numbers against the Warriors. It'll pull that stat up for you. I love this website. So I've gone on a deep dive with Chris Bosh. And again, I respect Chris Bosh, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame player, zero question from me. I am simply pointing at Mr. Julius Randle and what he's doing this year. Now, granted, Randle had, I would say, an average start to his career. The first four years, that first year, I watched his first game. He got hurt in the first 10 minutes. Skyler can attest to this. He got hurt first 10 minutes. <laughs> so really, his second year was kind of like his rookie year. His rookie year numbers are better than Chris Barnes' rookie year numbers. He had a, he had 11 and 10 his first year. I think Bosch was like 11 and like nine, something like that. And of course, Chris Bosch, he had exponential growth over those next couple of years. Uh, Julius Randle was not afforded that opportunity because he played with Kobe. Skyler can attest to this. Not even going to go there. So... Julius Randle's first year out of Kobe Bryant, out of the Lakers, you know, disorganization, because it was disorganized, went to, to the Pelicans. We see how they look right now. <laughs> and he put up, I believe it was like 19 and like 11, something like that. Crumble to Chris Bosh. Um, the next year with the Knicks, I think he put up the same numbers. Actually, I think he put up more with the Pelicans. They put 21 with the Pelicans. Uh, the next year with the Knicks, he put up 19 and I think 11. And then this year, y'all see it. He putting up 30 points, 40 points, triple doubles, shooting shooting threes now. Skyler, could that man shoot threes in L.A.? Boy, barely shoot mid-range jumpers. Barely mid-range jumpers. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to frame this troller now in this fashion, okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit more explaining. So if Julius Randle does the following, if he wins most improved player, he will. If he makes an all-NBA team, he should. And he gets at least, I'm going to say, two playoff wins this year. Can we agree that we can have a conversation about Julius Randle and Raptors Chris Bosh? Now, before y'all begin, I'm going I'm I'm to I'm talk off Chris Bosh's stats, okay? I'm going to talk about his stats really quick from, from his time with the Raptors because, again, I am statish, all right? Chris Bosh had a 45 win percentage in, in Toronto. And y'all like, oh, he had bad coaching, blah, blah, blah. Julius Randle, I mean, he had Luke Walton. I mean, uh, so whatever. All right. He only made one all-NBA team in seven years. All-NBA second team 2006. Y'all know me. I could give a damn about uh, all-star appearance. I don't care. Like, that to me does not matter. That's popularity. My I put clout in um, all-NBA teams, period. He only has three playoff wins. He had two one year. He had one one year. Only made the playoffs two out of the seven years. Now, like I said, if Julius Randle, who right now has a, a win percentage with the Knicks of 42%, makes an all-NBA team, most improved player, makes a playoff appearance and wins two games, I feel like you put him on the same level. Now, I said a lot. But so to, go ahead. to answer your question, I'm not sure if we're going in order. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, what I, are you going to do? <laughs> you said blah blah blah. If he does all these things, we can have a conversation about if he's you know in the same rate. And I agree that is not a troll. We can have a conversation, okay? But I don't think it's fair because when you look at the latter part of Chris Bosch's career, he played with two ball dominant players. Like that's that's not a fair comparison, bro. Like the I, but he made no what I'm NBA doing, teams. What I'm doing. What I'm doing I'm using the eye test, bro. You talk about a big that can literally do everything, bro. 
like that's what Chris Bosh is. Like Chris Bosh is one of those players you can put at power forward center. He gave you the numbers. He gave you the production. If he was not on the same team as LeBron or D-Wade, his numbers would have easily been, been better. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're not wrong, but could have so, been so, but, but it's all about numbers right now, right? <laughs> that that but like <laughs> but he's comparing Toronto Chris Bosh. He didn't Toronto Chris Bosh? Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm saying right now in their career, Julius Randle get at least you know seven, eight years left. I'm saying right now, the trajectory is similar. People are saying, oh, like people came at me yesterday. Oh, you can't do that. That's not fair. I'm like, okay. it's it's literally fair oh, right yeah. now. Okay, okay. Right now, Chris Bosh compared to to Toronto, uh, Chris Bosh compared to Julius Randle right now. I like it. I bag you on that. But that's when, not, that's we about, when we talk about the latter part, like I don't want I don't want to get to a point where we start disrespecting Chris Bosh's career because oh, there's there are certain players that do make sacrifices for <clears> less <throat> numbers for you know better championship or whatever. We've got Chris Bosh, we got Kevin Love, who was a 2020 machine when he was in Thanks. Minnesota, but moved to uh, Cavaliers and we couldn't pay him to get 10 boards a game. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's fair to compare. But I think that it that is a good argument based on where they are now. It's fun seeing Julius Randle's progression. I don't want to sound like a hater for Randle because I'm definitely not there for sure. But I love, like I said, I'm just a player to love Chris Bosh's games. But Randle putting in work for y'all, you know what I'm saying? You coaching them up right. He taking threes. He making passes. You know, want to say he being overused, but that's a neither here nor there. That's nitpicking. That's, that's Thibodeau. That's Thibodeau. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But I, I, I bag you on this one. I bag you on this one. I got you. Man, that was the longest trolling out <laughs> intro in the history right. of LBR. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not sure if y'all watch Colin Coward, but Colin Coward does exactly <laughs> what that is. Just Colin Coward will come up with some topic <laughs> and he will no pitch question. it to you. Like, I mean, I guess I ain't got no choice but to do exactly what this is. Like, I mean, hell yeah, you know what I'm saying? He got to win a, a slam dunk contest here, you know what I'm saying? He got to been three point contest in like three years. Hey, Colin, so if he God does all of that and say his prayers tonight, he can be Chris Pross. Okay, yeah, you're about right. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I think you know, I've been one of those people that you know, as a Lakers fan, I've seen Julius Randle grow into what he is now. And I didn't, I'm not even sure if when, when he was drafted by the Lakers that I would have you know expected him to be how he's playing this year. Oh, no, nobody. Um, did. I definitely think that I don't think it's a troll, it's not a troll to have that conversation. Um, about you know him being compared to Toronto uh, Raptors, Chris Bosh, but I kind of need to see one more year like this one or something very similar to to confidently say that. But I will, I would like, but I think he's doing really well. Uh, I just kind of want to see one more really good solid season from Randall to you know really put him in that conversation or to at least have that conversation go on longer than three minutes. What's yeah. going to be good though is that this him doing well is good for the Knicks and recruitment. So it could definitely elevate him even more to have a, a, a running mate with him in the future. And RJ look good, too. Mm, RJ look good, man. Look good. Yeah, look like, like he posted the top 15. Lazo? You throwing that recruiting out there? If Lonzo want to come run, which, I mean, look, I'm the coach. I put the hat on. If Lonzo want to come run, we can do it. We play defense in New York, man. Right. Right, let me uh I, I agree with Skyler. I mean he took the right side of my mouth for me. It's not true. Uh I do I agree with when you was like you're a GBB fan. I saw the conversation with Parker. I agree, lean more towards Parker. Let me see another season before I truly 
start comparing, but I, when I first started seeing this stuff, I thought it was just a random comparison. I'm like, what made y'all think of Chris Bosch? Like, that's where it's stealing from. I, I thought about it when I saw what's it. Like, the, what's it the left hand? Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Course. It had to be there. Yeah, I was like, they're not, not, not the same player at all. They're not the yeah, same yeah. player at all. No, <laughs> totally random comparison. I was like, nah. <laughs> if you, have Chris this- Bosch is like you, you can do like James Wiseman or something, or like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Right, it was just it was a, it was a random comparison. That's why I didn't never really entertain the conversation. It had nothing to do with the yeah. comparison of stats. It was like a Chris Bosch. Why y'all couldn't think of another player? <laughs> Did y'all just almost try to compare James Wiseman and <laughs> and and Chris Bosh? I'm saying like body type, man. Body type. Yeah. Right, we yeah. gotta be we gotta start having some more credentials ahead of time before you compare <laughs> 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 compare these two players, but this is why I'm comparing though at the beginning. I guess. All right, um, all right. So I think I, I think the general consensus is yes, it there does need to be another season of Julius Randle. Um, doing this now, let's not sugarcoat what he's done this season, right? What he's done for the New York Knicks and brought back that organization. Um, and also, kudos to, yes, assistant coach Savage, but also. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, here, coach, man. I'm here, coach. Uh, <laughs> 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 Just saying, yeah. Tom Tupin, though, playing yeah. out of minutes. Nah. <laughs> um, so, Tom is really doing something really spectacular and really the talent um, that they have there, the people that didn't want. Um, or yeah. players that were not wanted so much by the league, right? They really collected this and put it, a team together that, that has put forth an effort to really make a playoff push, um, let alone like not even be in a play-in, possibly. Like they can be a top six seed and mm-hmm. really solidify themselves to be in the playoffs. Um, I think I would love to see where Julius Randle's career goes. I hate that Luke Walton got um, the beginning part of it. Um, and you just think back at what the Lakers got. The Lakers had they had Lonzo, they had Josh, they had Bi, Kuzma, D'Lo, uh, Randall, D'Lo, right? You had all these players. Clarkson, Clarkson, six Clarkson, man they they just couldn't do it with with that coach, right? They had to get rid of the coach, but they had to go and shine um in their other places. So kudos to Randall man and I think um once the season is over, regardless of what he does, I think it is a comparable I get I could see with Chris Bosch, um, but Chris Bosch's first ballot um, right now to me uh, for what he's done and his efficiency within those seasons. Um, and I think Julius Randle may not be first ballot yet, right? Let's get some more seasons in him and, and see that. But I, I see what you're saying. Though. We're comparing one season, not a, an entire career. Um, and that's yeah. another, I think we just have to also keep in mind as well. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people, and I think even myself, um, kind of got lost in the sauce with that comparison is just it's more so comparing Chris Bosch's entire career versus what Julius Randle has done thus far. And I think that's, of course, it's unfair to Chris Bosch. But if we're just going to look at Toronto's Chris Bosch and what Julius Randle's doing now, I'm with you. You could definitely have that conversation. I think just like the rest of us with the consensus, going to need at least another season like this from Julius Randle before we can defensively say, okay, let's have that conversation. But both of their careers, just from a front office standpoint and how the team teams were operated, are kind of similar. Uh, the only difference was, uh, I think, Julius Randle, of course, he couldn't really grow into it his own because, one, he had Luke Walton as his coach. And then, of course, he had to deal with the last two seasons of Kobe. Chris Bosh had to deal with the last two seasons of Vince Carter, who 
that relationship at that point was completely silent. So it was tough for Toronto to do anything. And Toronto was rotating head coaches left and right before they finally Man, settled uh, <laughs> Dwayne Casey. So you also got to look at that there. But uh, just to sum it all up, I think, yeah, it's about time we could have a conversation about uh, Raptors Chris Bosh versus Julius Randle. Like that's that's a fair that's a fair debate there. All right. I think I'm I got awesome. when, when are we doing the uh the draft again? The um the draft next, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Okay, cool. cool. So, I guess, so I go ahead and do my uh in true troll and all spirit. Um I guess I'll go ahead and throw one out. Um there's a player that I've been seeing a lot in the media. I don't know too much too much about him. Uh there is one of us that know a lot about him, and that is Alabama quarterback Mac Jones. Skyler know exactly where I was going to I don't I don't know too much about him, Skylar. You can tell me about him, but trolling now, uh Mac Jones will be the second quarterback taken. Oh no, that's a troll. Nah. Hey, that's, that's, that's a troll. I don't even think <laughs> he'll be the third pick. I still don't think he'll be the third pick, but that's, I that's, think, that's honestly, I think he yeah, is. There are, hey, there are teams that are looking at the third pick too to get him, but I mean you should have said third quarterback. Off the medium, my brother. Right. Off the medium. <laughs> we had more of a debate. You said third quarterback. So, I mean, okay, yeah. well, let, let's talk yeah. about third. Like, yeah. I mean, it's if it's Jones the third, a top three quarterback in this draft. No, that's, I, I don't think that's something we haven't talked about yet. I don't think he is, but he might be going third. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not true. He's not saying put it like that's not disrespect. Matt Jones had a great season. He was great. Yeah, he, he was great. I don't think he's sorry, but I wouldn't take him ahead of Justin Fields. Just Fields. I no. might take now, him. Ahead I don't see so many mock drafts of that happening though. Like yeah, that's I that's might. my point. That's I my could. point. I've seen so many of them, bro. I might take him ahead of Trey Lance. I'm not going to lie because I still need to see more of Trey Lance, but he is like just 20 years old, so I can see though just and, and 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 in that spirit, I don't seen Trey Lance be the number two pick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that and that that's kind of where my whole. Oh, you see that. I see Zach Wilson on everything. Yeah, the reason the reason why I, I had us picking three through thirty is because I know one and two is locked. Like it's locked. It, I'm not even worried about one and two. It's right. three is where it's getting interesting. We have no idea what Fortnite is doing. So Skyler got the Fortnite next week, so he gonna have to make a decision. It's gonna be fun, man. Let's talk right. about it. Right. 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 with your boys from Alabama, Skyler. We'll pick <laughs> say quarterback. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> oh, now you get, get your dad's team, man. All five, man. Get your dad's team. He's going to be on the clock next Wednesday. He's on the clock next Wednesday. He's on the clock right now. He got time He's to move right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Trust me. In my eyes, I ain't even on the clock. It's whoever was after me. I don't know who my picture is. <laughs> I think we all kind of know, but it is this need to hear that. We'll see. You know. <laughs> all right, man. Check us out April the 28th. Is it right? Yeah, April twenty eighth. Yep. Uh, LPR mock draft show picks three through thirty first round or three through thirty two first round. But is it? Anybody got anything else? Got it. Got it. Oh, oh, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not on the starting five. I'm, I'm the six man. But, but, Grayson Allen, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got to say. Woo! Grayson Allen missed two free throws. Is that what if you were trying to find somebody? <laughs> to finish? He ain't got nothing to say two seconds ago. Because <laughs> we were talking talk about Grayson Allen. Um, speaking of grit, uh, you got something cheating? No, I don't want to ruin the mood. Keep going. Uh, speaking of the grit, this is not make starting five, and it just came out. Very interesting injury report we have. Jaron Jackson Jr. is doubtful now. Oh! oh! 
also, JV is out with a concussion. Oh, Damn it. Oh, hell. See? See? Stay patient. Also, Dylan Brooks is now questionable. Dylan Brooks is now questionable with a thigh soreness. Soreness? Yep, soreness. I ain't right there. Soreness? That's the low man. You know, now you know you know the Grizz see people for about a month with soreness. I just seen <laughs> I just seen Melton and Winslow with soreness for the last month. <laughs> so <laughs> Dylan, Dylan's resting. He probably gonna rest the game. <laughs> hey, y'all think we gonna get fined? Who was it? The the butt? Who was it? They just fined the, the Spurs. 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 And, they and, they smacked, and they smacked the Suns by twenty six without the post. <laughs> yep. The finals. The finals was twenty five thousand. That's some change. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was just curious. I like seeing when teams get fined. That's all it is. It's like a work, essentially. <laughs> all right. That's it. Until next time, let's cut it. Peace. Peace. I am not the plug. <laughs>